This weekend is Thanksgiving weekend in the United States, and I'm Canadian, so we had our Thanksgiving and gathering and celebration and holiday a few weeks back. And I love those holidays, and I think that they they push us to get together and reflect. Sometimes we veer off base, I guess, a little bit, you know, when we put protocol to it or attach gifts and um, you know, the obligation of giving something that takes away the whole beauty of gift giving in the first place. Sometimes it becomes commercialized. Um, we're going to see that a lot, you know, uh, with Black Friday or all the Christmas tunes being played in the stores leading up to the holidays coming up, the December holidays. So we can get swept away in that for sure. But I always say, take the good and the actual essence and maybe even the meaning behind it or the meaning we put onto it. Take that and use that as your, uh, not use it, but highlight that, focus on that. So when we have Thanksgiving uh, gatherings and actually a lot of times even just, you know, with birthdays or just sitting at the dinner table being grateful for the food that we have and the people that made it and um, the people that are sharing in its um, consumption (laughs) together in in all of that, um, there's a lot of gratitude to be had. And so I I take these opportunities to just feel grateful. And so today I'm, I'm actually releasing this podcast as an extra episode. And what I want to give, um, because when I feel grateful, Um, And not just when I feel grateful. Yeah, when I feel grateful, I want to give a gift or when I see a need or when I just want to share something that means something to me. um, I want to give something of that to others. I think everybody listening feels the same. And so to me, that's a pure gift, not when I'm supposed to do it um, or feel guilty because I don't or if I don't, but because I want to. And that's a true gift. So I'm going to use a cliche. I'm not a huge fan of cliches uh, because I am a writer and I love metaphor and simile and using words to, you know, convey things um, that are in your heart or mind or, you know, it's an idea or an expression or maybe a, a point of inspiration. Um, and so med- uh, so cliches sort of take that away. They're sort of empty. You know, everybody hears them so much that they don't mean anything anymore. They don't hold any water. But I'm going to use one today just to introduce this gift that I would like to put out into the world. And that is the gift of health. (laughs) So I want to share the gift of health. And how many times have you heard that in marketing? Like a lot. Oh, I give the gift of health. That's the best gift you can give. I'm not actually giving you your health. I'm actually shining a light on areas where you can actually um, have it right? The gift is actually in the planting of the seed, in the lighting of a fire, or um, just telling you, yeah, you can. You know, there is hope, which is not, I guess, empty. It's hope as in, yeah, this could be. This is a possibility. And so what I'm releasing today are two tracks that I've put into one and they're playing they're going to play one after the other it's not going to be a ton of time but just a little bit of an introduction of my book and I read it 
as an audio version of the book, and it's unedited, uh, as you'll know, as you'll uh, find. But um, and we're working on that. But I just wanted, I was too anxious to get this out and I wanted to speak these words. So this is what I am releasing into the world today because I want to give that, I want to give that sense of connection and that catalyst towards something more. So I hope you enjoy these intro, a couple of intro chapters to my book, Family Health Revolution. And um, I wish you a really beautiful weekend. And if you're listening to this after the weekend, just a beautiful day, week, life with your family. And just always remembering to be grateful for even all of it. So um, I hope you enjoy this session. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. This is Carla Atherton, and I am the director of the Healthy Family Formula. And I am a health freedom coach, an empowerment coach. I'm also a health, a holistic family health consultant. And um, I have a quite a long story that I tell um, in a book I've written called Family Health Revolution. And it's not just my story, but also the story of a lot of other people. And also what I call the manifesto, the go-to, the family health bible i feel that i would have loved to have had when i started discovering that my health and my children's health was really in my own hands all i needed was the right information and the right support and then i was on my way so this book is a culmination of i don't know 10 years at least i mean probably a lifetime right because we learn everything throughout a lifetime but 10 years of intensive study on the subject of family health and holism and what that actually means, looking into functional medicine and finding the supports that I needed and the information I needed that I wasn't being taught before. And so I'm just going to read this um, to you today. We are working on a professionally edited version of the book, which is extremely exciting, but I couldn't wait to actually speak this to you, to read this to you um, sooner rather than later. So excuse any chair squeaking or swallowing <laughs> or buzzing that you know uh, that you can hear when I receive a text message. I think my ringer's off, <laughs> so let's give it a go and see how we do. But I really hope that you enjoy this introduction to Family Health Revolution, the definitive approach to elevating your family's health, read by the author, me, Carla Atherton. Introduction. The sky is falling. When I think about the children's story, Chicken Little, I imagine this small, intense, reactionary chicken running around exclaiming, the sky is falling. 
His concern, no, his sheer panic is met with rolling eyes and indifference. He's ignored and even ridiculed while desperately trying to get the masses to look up and see the imminent danger, to believe what he says so that his community can save itself. Is Chicken Little making a big deal out of nothing, or does he see what the rest of us don't? Is this what many progressive healthcare professionals, parents, and functional and lifestyle medicine professionals are sounding the alarm about? The health of our human population is on the rapid decline because of the choices we're making. Are we ignoring the dangers? These big questions are difficult to face, especially when it comes to the health of our loved ones. This is why you brave people are reading this book. You want to know what's wrong and how we can fix it for those who have fallen, who we need to help back up. ADHD, Alzheimer's, autism, obesity, autoimmunity, diabetes, heart disease, stroke, fatigue, learning disabilities, mood disorders, eczema, allergy, asthma, and general malaise are just some of the conditions, diseases, and illnesses people are succumbing to in epidemic numbers. Even when their symptoms are undiagnosable or not defined according to any particular disease, people are coming to their healthcare professionals feeling not quite right, dragging, tired, and never really well. At the time of writing this book, it was reported that 10% of children in the U.S. have ADD, ADHD, and 17% are labeled as learning disabled. Most schools are peanut-free zones due to the staggering number of children who have anaphylactic reactions to peanuts. Autism rates have climbed from 1 in 150 in the year 2000 to 1 in 40 in 2020. If this trend continues, more than 50% of our children born in the year 2033 will be diagnosed with autism. The questions we're asking are, why? What's happening? And what can we do about it? for ourselves, for our children, and for our future generations. Call me Chicken Little, but isn't it apparent that the sky is falling? When a writer, activist, artist, mother or father, mover or shaker embarks on a mission to help the greater world community, most say the time and effort will be worth it if they reach even one person. I don't feel that way. I'm not writing family health revolution to only reach you. I want to reach you, yes, and I'm honored you've picked up this book, but I also want to reach your children, your extended families, your spouse and community. I want to reach my own family, my own children and my own community. I'm pretty invested in outcomes when it comes to health, and I'm not okay if the people I love aren't okay. I'm pretty sure you're not either. During yoga teacher training, my teacher asked me what would happen if all my children died in a car crash. I told her that not much would matter anymore. She challenged me on that through philosophical talk and reasoned that whatever we do, it needs to be for ourselves, not in a selfish way, but in a way that's not that's intrinsically motivating and not hinging on any particular outcome or on anyone else that may be here one day and gone the next. I wanted to say, I know what you're trying to do here and get it, but I don't care. My children are my hearts walking around outside of me. The fact is, I may not be very evolved. 
Although non-attachment and letting go of outcomes has been a practice of mine to ensure the retention of my sanity, I'm pretty darn attached to my children and the outcome of good health for them. In another exercise, we paired up and we were to look our partners in the eye and non-verbally download our stories and words of wisdom to each other. Without words, I told my partner that letting go of our children is just not possible. Although we need to be motivated by our individual passions, values, and creativity, it's okay if our children are part of who we are and if our happiness is connected to theirs because isn't that the nature of love? Isn't that why it hurts to love sometimes? Isn't that why we fight so fiercely for certain things in life? For our survival and for that of our families, friends, and communities. My partner in this exercise cried as I told her this. I don't know if her tears were due to the intensity of the exercise or because she could feel everything I was telling her, but she cried. And I didn't, because I was feeling fierce, determined, and purposeful. This was a very important message, maybe the most important one I had to share with her. And this is my message to you. We know there's more to family health than the new normal of suboptimal health we're now experiencing. Mothers, fathers, grandparents, and caregivers strive for more for our families. I hope these words inform, inspire, and empower you to, uh, so that you can make that shift happen. To recovery, to ease, to vitality. I'm a mother, writer, and researcher who didn't stop until I found the answers. My motivation? Some of the fallen were my own children, grandmother, friends, and many others who narrowly escaped death or are still struggling. I asked why and dug deep into science to find causes so I could uncover the solutions. I discovered that health isn't found at the bottom of a pill bottle or in a one-shot remedy, and that there were other people who could teach me what healthcare really should be. On those days when doubt crept in, I asked myself, Carla, is it really that bad? Can't you just go on living the way you've always lived? Can't we just keep doing what we're doing and have that be good enough? You may ask those same questions. Has there ever been a time in history when humans have been truly healthy? Are we really any worse off than we were before? The answer may not be yes in all ways, but certainly is in some. Humans once suffered from plagues and died earlier from common illnesses like influenza. A diagnosis of type 1 diabetes was a death sentence, and infections could run rampant, causing death in a very short period of time. Yet, in many places in the world, chronic illness was unheard of. Happiness was found in community and healthy living rather than therapy sessions and medications. I ask, what are the biggest problems we face right now? How many of those problems can exist due to, due to the nature of things? And how many are caused by the decisions we make? Instead of answering those questions of myself, I ask them of you. I encourage you to look around and note what you see. Even if you don't have the stats, numbers, or studies to validate your concerns and observations, note what you see in your own family, your own community, your own backyard. Look in your schools and workplaces, in malls, hospitals, and other public spaces. What do you see? And are you okay with it? We don't need scientific studies to tell us that chronic conditions are rapidly replacing good mental, emotional, and physical health. Although the evidence is undeniable, 
and will be explored in the pages of this book, we actually don't need studies and research to assert that fewer of us live a robust, vital, engaged, purposeful people well into old age. What we do have at our fingertips is very exciting, however. If we understand holistic health, that healthy lifestyle choices are exceedingly powerful, and if we couple healthy lifestyle choices with modern acute care interventions when necessary, there is an opportunity to have it all. We can have the best of all worlds if we know what it means to be healthy and are aware of how to attain that good health from the inside out and the outside in. We can return to the nature of human nature and reconnect with our bodies, spirits, and the natural world around us. Good health is multifaceted, simple, but not easy. And it takes nothing less than a health revolution to attain due to our reckless modern culture. Because we believe that faster is better and cash is king, we take liberties at the expense of our own health and the health of our children and elders. We need to make a change for the future of our very species. I, for one, am ready to be healthy and happy. I, for one, want my children to suffer less and enjoy life more. I'm ready for a change for the better. I'm ready to redefine our new normal. Are you with me? I appeal to you, fellow parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, are you ready to shift your sights? Let's look up and catch the sky. Our story. When we're moved to create something extraordinary, something that comes fully from who we are, from what gets us out of bed in the morning, from a clear and relentless vision, it often comes out of a place of necessity, a place of pain, from an experience or an event that narrows our sights on a purpose. My daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in February 2012. I'm reluctant to talk about this event as if it's the only defining moment in my life. I certainly don't want to make my glorious, fierce daughter into a diabetes poster child. But the fact is that turn of events changed the life course of everyone in our family. The ripple went wide. Gone were the carefree days of eating whatever we wanted at potlucks and picnics, going out for ice cream, sleeping well and deeply at night, taking for granted that everyone would wake up in the morning relatively happy. There came the days of tests, finger pricks, and needles, of frustrating doctor visits, of fear that was so stealthy, so quietly present, that it would coolly walk into my mind like a ghost long after I thought it was gone. On that first day, her father cried in the hospital kitchen asking me, why couldn't it have been me? As if it worked like that, as if it was his fault, as if he could take it from her. My daughter stated to me from her hospital bed, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life, like she just knew, like some kind of wisdom had come over her and she understood what it all meant. Me? I got busy, as I always do. I took charge and arrived at the hospital the next day with a pot of homemade soup determined to make her well. Both my daughter and her father saw something I did not. They saw what I knew we couldn't focus on at the time or we wouldn't get through the very long road ahead. My babe struggled. In the teen years, chronic illness is a tough road to hoe. Even with what I know about health and diabetes in particular, I couldn't always reach her or help her as much as I'd have liked. Sometimes I felt I couldn't reach her at all. 
that all of the untruths were taught about powerlessness, medicalized health, non-medical healing methods, nutrition, and other lifestyle interventions were stronger than what her own mother and fiercest advocate was trying to teach her. It became difficult to discern whether her struggles were due to normal teenage angst or the roller coaster of highs and lows in both blood sugars and hormones. Teenhood is tough enough as it is, but add a chronic illness that invades your privacy and exposes every flaw and mistake and you have one hell of a challenge. Diabetes made her at times prickly alone and angry. Everything would break apart with the slightest crunch of the eggshells I walked on. She wasn't able to be as free as a teenage girl wants to be. In so many ways, this embodied existence was a prison. All of you mamas out there know that once your children are born, the umbilical cord is never really severed. We feel our children's joy and we also feel their pain. I once wrote in a poem that my children are my hearts walking outside of me. They're out in the world raw and vulnerable. They make us vulnerable to every heartbreak or challenge they encounter, and we want so desperately to fix them or patch them up. I did another thing I do in situations I want to change. I spent countless hours adding certifications to my list of credentials, researching everything from blog posts by other parents to academic articles and research studies to materials from the schools I attended. I went to conferences both online and in person. I even began to host them and speak for dozens more. I called doctors and practitioners and met the best face-to-face. I learned from podcasts, lessons, and trainings, both scholarly and others that aired for the public. I dug deep into what might have caused one of my own to fall and how to get her back up again. I didn't reach that sunny place right away. I chased the horizon and the sun kept setting. I felt alone, overwhelmed, and like I could never learn or know enough. Every moment that passed felt like another nail in my daughter's coffin. I had to figure it out. What was the cause? What could we do about it? What I grew up believing wasn't true. A diagnosis wasn't the end, but the beginning. Still, it got worse before it got better. My other two children had their own health struggles, one with depression and autoimmunity, and the other with severe anemia and GI trouble, and their father and I were falling apart as well. There I was, trying to make a fledgling business fly, working so much that the lines between work and life were practically non-existent, researching at least four hours a day, lecturing and running programs, homeschooling, getting three kids off to sports seven times a week, studying and meeting deadlines, trying to stretch the little money we had to pay for testing and supplements I wasn't sure were right or working, and navigating the healthcare system with forms and healthcare visits. I was frustrated, angry, disempowered, and hopeless that anyone could or would help us. I spent limited, precious energy explaining our diet and money priorities to relatives who couldn't understand. I was spinning my wheels and was spent emotionally and financially. One day when I was speaking with Brenda, our insurance broker, figuring out details about our house insurance when the topic of health came up, for some serendipitous reason, I mentioned we had been navigating health issues with one of our children. She asked me if our daughter's condition was terminal, just like that. I was surprised by the question, but I told her no, it wasn't terminal but chronic. 
We had a lot of success, but new challenges were cropping up as we moved through life and the changes that come with it. It turned out that Brenda also has type 1. This connected us for sure, but what she said next penetrated deep into my heart. The reason she asked me about the status of our daughter's condition was because years ago, she lost her young son to leukemia. I was amazed by her strength when she spoke so calmly and clearly about how he fought to live for six years while I cried on the other end of the phone. My mama heart went out to hers. Next, she told me her nephew, like my daughter, had type 1 but committed suicide at the age of 18. My own son was 18 at the time. What could that possibly be like? Honestly, my friends, I often say that I don't know how people get through losing a child or the struggles they face every day when one of them is sick or hurting. But I suppose I do know. The way we get through is to support each other by listening as well as sharing our own stories, by sharing what we've learned so we can help our fallen get back up again. Whether that be our children, our grandparents, our parents, our friends, or us. Brenda said she regretted one thing that she didn't know then what she knows now. Isn't that always how it goes? If only I had known. I'd think this thought at times when I racked my brain, wondering what happened to our once carefree daughter who wasn't damaged, but who had to grow up perhaps a little too soon. That thought comes less often now. It flits in my mind like a caged bird and I let it go. I choose to focus on what we can do now. I choose to focus on what we have. And with that, we move on. Parents and caregivers, you can't prevent everything. You can't know everything. You do the best with what you can prevent and know at the time. Although we parents need to be the head of our families and guide our children using what we've learned, a large part of parenting is letting go and surrendering. We must not beat ourselves up about the things we didn't know or can't control. What we can do is build and act on what we do know and share that knowledge with other parents. We can decide not to settle for less. We can become empowered and empower our children and broader communities. Empowerment is being able to access more support and information to make this thing we call health easier to navigate. No one comes to a place of health and happiness by doing nothing. Weight doesn't melt away without a change in diet or lifestyle. Good thoughts don't fall from the sky. You can't close your eyes and hope the pimples, depression, addiction, asthma, allergies, and chronic illness will just go away. Healthy habits don't form without action. There's no prevention without understanding the cause. Although we need to be gentle with ourselves, this gentle approach must be balanced with a good kick in the rear to grab the controls and fly the plane. I cried when I listened to Brenda tell me about her two fallen children. Their stories have been ringing through my mind since and will continue to do so forever. Their stories and those of my own children and the other families I work with every day solidify my mission, inform me as to what I need to do. They inspire me to join forces with families who feel lost, hopeless, and afraid, or simply want good quality family health information. They're the reason I wrote this book. How did I regain control? Or more accurately, how do I continually lose control but get it back again and again? I read every book, and I read every book I can get my hands on. But I also reach out to people, lots of people. 
I get educated by adding certifications and coursework to my degrees. Like an inquisitive, relentless four-year-old, I ask many questions and to naturopaths, doctors, and practitioners. To informed groups and forums, note that all, not all, are informed, so I'm very selective. And to my ever-growing list of contacts and colleagues, I'm sure I annoy a lot of people, and if they're annoyed or can't help, I ask someone else. In the beginning, I started out asking the advice and thoughts of the brilliant people I could trust. As I learned more and wanted to do more, I ran with this information, creating projects and initiatives and collaborative efforts with those people to drastically improve the situations of families who were struggling, not only with health issues, but with the fallout that comes with them, burnout, loneliness, fear, powerlessness. I created the Lotus Health Project and Children's Health Summits and the Healthy Family Formula, knowing that these projects would grow up to be a health revolution. I was also still trying to find it all out for myself at the same time as being a support to others. Yet instead of feeling like an imposter, I realized that this was the best place to be if I was to make some real change. Community isn't a hierarchy where one person is always at the top and the rest are the lowly know-nothings. Community is like the body. It's a system of moving parts, each contributing, each with a job to do, a strength, a purpose, each essential for the health of the others. Community is about mutual support, where we are all teachers sharing our own individual expertise and information. A community is a space to both receive and to give and exchange a co-creation. So yes, there are teachers, but those teachers also learn from their students. We're all both students and teachers. Once I started to put myself and my work out into the world, I heard back from parents, grandparents, teachers, and others. Now, every day I encounter families just like ours. Families who want answers, families ready to blow the lid off this thing we call health. When I send out information by way of newsletters and other writings, I hope my words resonate with, and that the people reading my work feel less alone. I often receive confirming um, feedback that they do, but what I also receive is a tidal wave of support for me. These parents and caregivers tell me that I'm not alone. They get stronger, I get stronger, and as the saying goes, a rising tide lifts all boats. These responses demonstrate how parents can navigate through our trials and tribulations, through the support of each other. With the strength I continue to gather from your candor, support, and gifts of hope, I continue to create and uncover more resources for us all, for parents like you and for mamas like Brenda. I'm honored and proud of what we continue to co-create in response to all of this a game-changing approach to health for both ourselves and our children.